1: ChumbaCasino.com. Jumba. No purchases, forward prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Rome, Season 2, Episode 8 Unnecessary Fiction is over. But here on Posture Recap, we are just getting started in the fall. Of Rome. My name is Grace, but of course I'm not alone. I'm here with you Philly. Philly, how you doing?
4: I am good, Grace. You know I'm good any time that Titus Pulo yells 13, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, even if he only does it once. Though I am concerned about um, the the propriety that we've been putting out of this podcast. I think that we need to get, uh, you know, back to our morals and virtues around human rights, mm-hmm. the fall of Rome.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, I think we're fine. I mean, this okay, cool. show is yeah. getting pretty, cool. yeah, it's getting pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, we're near the end here, Rich, with a necessary fiction. A lot, again, happens in this episode. We get lots of uh, Pulo. Varendra is pretty much back in the fold here, uh, questioning you know, his whole life, seemingly, <laughs> all, seemingly always. <laughs> Octavian makes a power play. Mark Antony goes exactly where I expected he would go, which is to see Cleopatra.
4: Yeah, uh, a lot's happening. The piece is moving into place. I think you can really feel the pressure cooker here in the final couple of episodes as we're Mm -hmm. approaching the end. Like, um, you know, we've talked about it a bunch, but they've gotten the word at this point. They know that this is going to be their final season and they're trying to kind of drive towards a conclusion, as it were. So I think you can feel the way that it's kind of I don't want to say too rushed, but we are like moving quickly, as it were.
0: I, I don't think it's rushed either, but it is surprising to me knowing that like Mark Antony and Cleopatra are a thing that like we get her at the end of episode eight, you know, which gives us two episodes. Like I did expect Cleopatra to be a much bigger presence in this show than yep. she's been and yep. she's not. They So I, I don't feel like they're rushed, but they certainly take their time getting to the things that they need to get to right
4: i i think yeah i think it's just the sense that i have that like in a season three uh this would have been like the storyline probably right. probably right? right um but now we have to like truncate it and just kind of do it in a couple of episodes so we'll see where it goes from here but, but i do think that this is a really interesting episode i'm i think like way higher on this than i was yesterday
0: Yeah, I think there's one thing that I am critical of this episode on and pretty much everything else I thought was, was, was really strong. So let me give a quick plot recap let's read the news from rome a necessary fiction octavian speaks to roman women about the importance of wives and their virtues and promises to pass laws rewarding fertility and sanctity in marriage his mother continues to indulge in an affair with mark antony uh livia a young woman from an impeccable family with proven fertility is introduced to octavian as his potential wife and he does propose to her pasca discusses Herod's gold delivery with um um, it emphasizing the need for secrecy, Timon and his family prepare to leave Rome for Jerusalem. Varenas assigns Pulo to transport the gold and su- su- suspects Mascius as an informant. However, Arena has a miscarriage caused by Gaia and buries her and unable to transport the gold is one Titus Pulo. Gold intended for delivery is ambushed and stolen, leading to accusations and mistrust. Memio gathers the collegia captains and proposes a plan to unite against Varinus, offering the stolen gold for their services. Octavian confronts Antony and reveals his knowledge of Antony's affair with his mother, ordering him to leave Rome. Barinas discovers his daughter's betrayal as well and confronts her, leading to a heated argument. Antony departs for Alexandria, taking up his role as governor of Egypt and the Eastern Provinces. Barinas resigns from the collegium and offers his service to Mark Antony in Egypt. Agrippa informs Octavia that he must end their affair, leaving her shocked and devastated. Pula leads the Aventine against rival gangs in a brutal showdown, seeking vengeance for the stolen gold. And finally, Mark Antony arrives in Egypt and encounters one Cleopatra. And this is what happens on a Necessary Fiction. Rich.
4: Dun, dun, dun. where do you want to start grace you want to start with your boy pasca he's married he's living it up
0: yeah he's uh, buying yeah he's uh he's trying to treat J- jocasta very well it's a gentleman this uh this pasca
4: is he? He's he's trying to do her right. Pasca really is. Uh, he's <laughs> a very fun character. I love that like he's created like so much kind of trouble here, and him having Mancinus as like this kind of foil that's like him on sort of the other side of the aisle. It's really fun, Grace. I I like can't get enough of these two meeting and like you know Mancenas being like, oh yeah, my like palanquin. This is my third best palanquin, and then Jacosta comes in like, what's with the gaudy palanquin? I thought she was in here with an with an act. The consistent like actor slander is very funny from the you know cast of actors.
0: Well, it's very yes, that is good, and also yeah, yeah, the idea that like nowadays we revere actors, and that two thousand years ago they were like what what scum of the earth to be an actor? These
4: debauched animals, you know. Yeah, Yeah. it's quite something.
0: Um, we can we can talk about. Verenus and Titus Pulo here as um, they're basically this this gold shipment that's coming, Herod's gold, the bribe, uh, or in fact, perhaps a gift, although. We know it's a bribe coming and them needing to do it and having a game plan, knowing that potentially there would be leaks and that it's, you know, it's 200,000 pounds of gold, I think is, is, uh, is what it was claimed last episode. So a very important mission here. And he's going to send his best man Titus pool. And I kind of love that. It's not just like bring trust Titus pool. It's like, no, no, like Octavian trust. Yes. Titus and so they set up this decoy plan of telling most people it's traveling. I can't remember, you know, by the road, by boat or or whatever. they are
4: going to go by the road. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, but ultimately it does end up um, being stolen. And the, the reveal here is that it's actually um, Varenna, the elder having, uh, he's going to find these, the straw, the strinals once again this boy lucius who they do not trust to say a single line of dialogue in the show i don't know if no. it's like they love the look of this boy but they're yes. like he's not allowed to speak he's not allowed to speak i can't he doesn't say a single word ever 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 uh but he's a real
4: key player he's handling he very
0: important props
4: this season grace he is
0: <laughs> yeah so this storyline is like but like before it gets stolen there's like all sorts of distress as to like who did it how it got stolen they think it's Mascius, it's not maski it is an informant in the form of Varinus' own daughter, which is going to cause him to resign. So yeah, real like, you know, Varinus questioning what this is all for. What am I doing with my life?
4: I think that we're burying the lead of this story, which is the buried body of Irene, right? Uh, That's right. It's pretty tough, but this is the whole reason that like Mascius is going to get sent on the mission, right? That right. Pula is like coming apart because in fact, Gaia uh, has murdered sweet Irene, with the d it's really rough grace i felt like so horrible about the whole thing it's very sad
0: i maybe missed it because i don't like it i really hate it i really really hate it you know i'm trying to toy whether this is me just being sad for the character both for rene and titus pulo or whether this is like actually a storyline i just don't like um i mean tough being married to either varenis Varenis or or one titus pulo you're gonna wind up dead here in the show so yeah i I, yeah it's it's pretty it's is it one of the most evil things we've ever seen Uh, on the show? I
4: I think it's amongst the most evil things we've ever seen. I think that when we go back and we look at Gaia, like, certainly even if we just look at that whole situation, Irene never loved Gaia. Like, this was not a a relationship that was ever going to groove. But we come down to it and, like, Gaia antagonizes the woman last episode that leads to the entire encounter that we really didn't like last episode. It kind Mm -hmm. of, like, brings Pulo down from our empathy. Uh, It's, like, hard to, like, feel okay with any of the decisions that are going on there i think it depicts gaia in a way that we talked about the episode before that where Mm -hmm. she was this really like kind of interesting dynamic with farinas but now she's just gone down to like rote petty vindictive behavior like why is she doing this there's no gain to be had here presumably she's not trying to kill her she just wants to like terminate the pregnancy and create all this pain that's the whole like i don't need the oxtails for blood or whatever i want her to suffer through this when she went to get like the tea from the apothecary it's just cruelty for the sake of cruelty, and it, like, goes too far, and when you consider back to, like, where we started yesterday's episode, the death mask, of, like, Arane telling Pulo, like, I can feel the baby, it can kick, like, they're pretty far along here, we've talked about how fast time moves in Rome, so I think that's part of the complication, like, the distinction of, like, this happening really late in the term, like, it's just brutal, it feels horrible, you feel so bad for Titus Pulo, and the fact that, like, by the end of it there's no comeuppance for Gaia like I'm not necessarily one who always wants the direct retribution like we'll see what happens over these next few episodes but I know that leaves a bad taste in my mouth about it that like she gets away with it she can't keep getting away with it Grace I feel like Jesse Pinkman
0: yeah I guess I have to hope that with two episodes to go after this one that something will happen to Gaia because yeah it is pretty evil for the sake of evil and you know I do think there's a world where you know you could create some conflict that is more interesting I think than and the show has done a good job of creating really complex characters Gaia is a slave Gaia you know in terms of like the way she might have been treated but we really don't know she's in here basically to create you know uh, and I think the thing with the Renee too is I, you know it's really complicated because I think House of the Dragon was a show that depicted the sort of horrific nature that childbirth can be in a way that I think some people thought it was too much. And some people said, no, like this is, you know, the depiction of how hard childbirth can be and what happens to women is important to depict on TV. And in a show that's supposed to be set in a different time, you know, even now people die in childbirth, uh, Mm -hmm. particularly women of color die in childbirth. And so it's important to like, you know, it's you know it can be important to show these things on on TV. That's not exactly what this is, and in a sense, I feel like basically having a Rene get pregnant and then Gaia, you know, without her consent, abort the pregnancy and it ultimately kills a Renee, seems fully to give Titus Pulo, uh, you know, more to his character at the end. Like I'm trying to 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 say that. Like, no, I feel this stuff it's... happens, but I feel like it's because Gaia does it. Like if this was a thing that happens to a Rene I still maybe would have ways questions about the way that they depict it but because Gaia does it in this evil way to basically have a moment at the end of the episode where like one Titus Pulo like you see the good side of him where he buries him and he prays like please take care of her and my son etc etc and then to have this like you know I think that a lot of the stuff that's happening at the end is like this is the way that this man can get his anger out about the injustice that he feels has happened even though he doesn't know it's he just thinks she had a miscarriage, right? But
4: Yep, yeah, he has no idea. No, I, I think that you're spot on there. You know, I mean, the Bechdel test isn't the end-all be-all of like, is this a an adequate representation of women in media? The Bechdel test, obviously, I mean, for anybody unfamiliar with it, it's this notion of like, we have these two female characters, but do they ever like have anything to say to one another that is not directly related to like a man or about a man or driven by a man, particularly Titus Pulo in this dynamic? And I don't know that either of them pass that Test. Uh, certainly, like not really within the context of this episode, I don't think they're not like characters that are deepened or explored in that way, and that's its own kind of indictment about the women on Rome. For as much as I have like lauded some of the depictions of really complex women on this show, from Servilia and Atia, even Octavia, and a lot of the individual players here, even a Rene, who I think is a character that I really liked the story of. I feel exactly where you're coming from. That ultimately, like this death, it's just to like catapult Titus Pulo forward with like this emotional complexity and baggage this weight back on his shoulders like he's been happy that's been so much of the arc of season two grace is like Titus Pulo is married he's happy he's figuring himself out he's got a sense of of like peace almost where he's able to acknowledge these things that he was wrestling with in season one that he couldn't articulate of like I'm a soldier and if I am not a soldier what am I I'm nothing right but this is right on the edge of like fridging which is a pretty terrible trope in media we're like we're gonna just create a wife for this character and immediately kill the wife to give the character a trajectory into their art it's not quite fridging because we've like gone through this whole story of a renee but it ultimately like ends there and it feels bad i just wanted to stop down in on it because i do think like regardless of the writing and and the kind of value or the quality of the plot line uh they execute on it really well i think it's a really strong scene like the death of Arane, uh you know ray stevenson it's so sad that we have lost him in real life and mm-hmm. part of this project has been really joyous for me but to be able to just talk about him but i think that chiara Mastali, the character the actor playing Arane, she does a lot with the little and and she really like captured my heart and i'm so sad to see her Go this way, um but yeah, that's well, that's basically I, what I. Well,
0: I do, think but. I think the extension to to that is also you know in terms of it uh, you know whether or not it's fridging. The the thing is, we don't really get anything from Renee's point of view, and I think that's the big yep. difference between a show that maybe was made you know in two thousand seven versus a show that would maybe make it today. Like yep. in Game of Thrones, those or House of the Dragon, those are scenes very much in the perspective of 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 those women, and this is very much. I mean, actually, arguably the first one is not, but alas, we're getting into House of the Dragon spoilers, so I'll leave it there. As opposed to this one that is fully in the viewpoint of Titus Pulo. There's nothing about, literally, he runs out, he's naked, he's covered in blood, we go back in. She does get, like, the one line, I do hate this, it's my... one of my least favorite writing tropes things is like, I get to say the last thing before I die. Suddenly I hate it. I hate it so much. And I get that it's such, such a TV trope, but um, she does get the last line, right? She gets the thing, but mostly this is about Titus Pulo, not about a Renee. This is not about a woman who is freed from yep. slavery. Who's finally going to not only like, you know the fact that like her child is not going to be in uh like born into slavery. Like her child is is like a potentially you know for many generations, Free yeah, the freed person. You know, and so that is where I think like it's the weakness of of this episode is is in this piece. You know, we are there's two episodes to go, and I would hope that something comes uh, of it because if it's not and it's mostly just to like serve this vengeance for Titus Pulo, yeah 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 it's fine i uh, feel
4: you, know. you i'm with yeah. you um sure. i'm probably being a little bit more generous which i think is like speaks to the like perspective that i come at it from as like a male and i am like really tethering that anchor on this episode to last episode right like yeah. there's so much that i hated about last episode but i think like i really just like i hated the Gaia plot right i think like if yeah, you remove that yeah. character's whole kind of interaction last episode we don't have any of this that we can carry forward i think there's like a whole different Different way of like oh a Reni's giving birth and having a child who will be free and that's why titus pulo can't go do the mission and you have to go do it Maskey. everything it works like so much better
0: right you can yeah, remove yeah. gaia from everything and i think there's yes. a way to like give the plot points that they're trying to give without it being like million evil, evil woman right like so yep. i don't know yep. so yeah so yeah yeah so so Pulo, in his grief, is not going to be able to go. This leads to the cart being ambushed. Mask is not able to fend off um, everybody else. He's one of the only people to live. And I really say...
4: he's the third man grace he's the That's third, why man. He's the third man the first man and the second man they would have handled that
0: you element. know what's interesting in the world of professional wrestling uh the third man it was a very interesting storyline in the in the kind of late 90s 1997 of like who's the third man in the new world order uh <gasps> and it, the third man was the most important man it was our boy hollywood hulk hogan so being the third yes, man. yes i dude, remember not, that yep. yeah do not uh i mean we don't love hulk hogan now. no i know but Nobody. we did in the 90s at the right? 90s right? I mean, listen i was cool. like <laughs> very cool in the 90s.
4: yeah it was Yeah kid in the 90s yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um so i really like this like them trying to figure out who t- you know what happened and like Verena's is like there's only one man who who knew there's three of us who knew you didn't go uh you didn't say anything it has to be maskies and this scene where they're gonna like confront him only for them at that exact moment like little lucius coming with the straw man um to uh and he's gonna like clock in that like oh my god I, the way that he clicks everything together is it's pretty, really good it's right? pretty funny it's like pretty silly but whatever i'll give it is like lucius i saw omnipore with the with the straw woman with the woman and he was cheating and my daughter must be the informant he goes and yells at her like it's pretty wild but i do like the confrontation with Mascius is like there's just you know feel like the way that that the perception is reality. Like they think like Maschus is like, of course you, you think I'm like the weak link here. Like them being like, Mm -hmm. it had to be you like nobody, you know, and it's like, it's literally not him.
4: I was really glad they didn't kill Mascus. I mean, again, I always get sucked into this kind of thing. When I talk about being like such a dumb romantic, it's not just for like the romance between like lovers or whatever. It's these kind of notions, these really like noble high ideals. Like again, I talked about like Brutus with like, you have no poetry in your heart, Cassius. This is the kind of stuff I love with where we're doing like historical fiction or we're delving into fantasy. And so the speech that he gives of like, I fought at your side. We've been brothers for 20 I kept you alive, at Akita, you know. Yeah. I love this stuff so much, Grace. As they're that's just true. like reserved to like, yeah, that's all true, but you screwed us, Mascius. We're gonna have to do it. And Pulo, like, doesn't want to have to kill this guy, you know. Like Maschius was gonna save Pulo after the terrible lawyer got him indicted. <laughs> he was gonna break him uh-huh. out at the trial. Uh-huh. He's a bro. Mascius is like such a good dude, ultimately, a, a good dude by the standards of like Roman good dudes, which sure. means he's like a murderer a slave owner and all this stuff but nonetheless like he's on their team so I love and I really do love like again just the nonsensical like tolkien element of it all that like this bastard son that you never wanted lucius verennis is actually like a key player in the events of history you know <laughs> it, like has totally like saved the lives of some really important people and prevented like a number of things that would have been disastrous i i love the use of him as like just the MacGuffin carrier to run through the scene grace you know
0: can i give you my um my reenactment of the scene where they're confronting oh, a uh, mask like
4: please a dramatic reenactment.
0: I say I saved your life, brother. Yeah, but but you must have been the one to do it, brother, innit? <laughs> just like, just like, yeah, but brother <laughs> But, brother, I know, but I have to kill you, brother. He's like, but you don't have to kill me, brother. I saved your life a million times, brother. He's like, yeah, but you probably stole the gold in it. And it's just like in it, and brother gets said in that scene, like, 40 times in it. Times. Brother. I like that was, like, a, a
4: rendition, a dramatic reinterpretation of uh, Mascius and Titus Pula as portrayed by Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, Morty. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I can't really say Oh, jeez. Oh, I never
0: stole the gold. I saved your life back in Aria, You know, whatever.
3: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: I So, Memeo, though, I think Memeo, pretty fun villain, I think. For- yeah, Memeo's a
4: great villain. Yes, yes,
0: Um, Him being like... I I'll never tell if I took the gold and I'm not saying I did or did not, but I definitely, I definitely didn't did take the gold. And then he's like, (laughs) <laughs> seconds later being like i know how to get you all on my side and he chucks gold at them it's like dude why didn't you just say the whole time you had the gold like you have the gold that's okay we'll beat up brinus it's fine you know memio
4: way more fun than a <laughs> <Fullman. laughs> It's like, i feel bad that i kept like transposing him with carbo now you know the it's like fine. the scene last episode too where like he's he's they're actually like setting the hook on verana the elder where he's kind of like uh turns around and does the sly smile to the camera yeah memio like throwing the gold around like a madman. uh it's like mad, a lot mad. of gold yeah a lot of gold. Look, Memeo,
0: but it's it's look. before that what he's just like they're like you took the gold and he's like i'm not saying i i'm not saying i did or i didn't i'm not but i de- i maybe did but i'm not gonna i didn't <laughs> but i did what am i supposed to how am i supposed to do this bluff how am i supposed to do it it's great the whole like you keep talking about like Rome is ba- is mo- is like maybe forty percent mob boss gang war. Yeah. It's pretty, not something I expected, but I do yeah. I do love it. Yeah. No, you totally
4: did. There's like a whole thing. Like I'm a, I'm a very Italian guy. You know, I yeah. got like I'm like three quarters Italian with some German and some Dutch and some other nonsense in there. Uh-huh. And um, I remember like growing up and and hearing all the time from like a lot of the people in the like Italian American community that I was like affiliated with these like poor depictions in media. And it does crack me up now that I'm like a bit more media literate maybe than I was the first time I watched Rome to come back to this and be like, oh yes, look at the whole mob boss plotline that we're gonna do. <laughs> (laughs) the exploration of like ancient Roman politics. Like it really is a bit. Hey, I'm not
0: saying I didn't take the gold. I'm not saying I didn't take it. Also, there's a big chest behind me and, um, it's filled with gold. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: it really is just like such an excellent setup and i do love that like there's some closure on this thread at the end too you know what i mean that we're gonna get like the the final like kind of battle between all these guys hey
0: memio gets it in the end grace i've been talking we haven't had you know i haven't been complaining i'm just saying it's an interesting observation that there's been no battles no not really fighting in the show every once in a while Pulo kills like 12 people in a scene. Uh, he does it again, this time, but like, oh, okay, yeah, battle. And again, you talked about like, yeah, we're not doing like, you know, Octavian's army versus Mark Antony's armor. That's like too much armor. There's horses. Yeah. There's whatever, but a uh, gang warfare on the streets. We can do, we can do we that. We can definitely
4: do that. Get these guys a bunch of togas. Yeah. Somebody die, some potato sacks and get these plebeians set up and let's get to fighting in the streets. Um, I do think there's like an interesting beat there. Like, so the name of the episode, the necessary fiction, right. And there's all these lies that everybody's telling, right? Like the big lie that Caesar's kind of giving to everybody about the, the chaste propriety of the women of Rome, all the lies of, like, the affairs that are happening, certainly the lie of, like, Arene's death, as we're talking about, right? The, like, lie of Verena the Elder, who is, like, betraying her father, you know? This necessary fiction that I think Verenus is operating under that, like... His family is great while he runs the crime boss operation out of the Aventine, you know. But the fact that at the end Titus Pulo bites the tongue out of Memeo's face <laughs> so he can like speak no lies anymore. I think it's like a really pointed metaphor to all of this. And then Titus Pulo throwing that battle axe into Verena the Elders, like Puppet Master. Omnipor. That's a Omnipore. move. It's really yeah.
0: good. There's a it's not only do they do that and then seconds later, it's like him being like, oh it's so good i was very happy (laughs) to see the straw man die yeah yep
4: the straw man is down yep
0: um there's a joke that man doesn't you don't have a brain what doesn't yeah the straw man oh the scarecrow yeah if he he only had a brain yeah
4: that's right (laughs) that's actually the the opening credit song of next episode Mm -hmm,
0: perfect um Okay, I think that's... You know, there is... there is We haven't really talked much, but, like, yeah, Frenis is going to confront his daughter. She's going to, like pretty upset is that is that and does she do any does she leave or anything or she just No, just like... he almost
4: kills her you know this oh yeah he jokes i hate this too I hate yeah it. this yeah. is the whole confrontation of like you killed my mother and it's the first time verinas is like i didn't but also like he did right the guilt like killed yeah. her like he didn't yeah. do it but like his reaction led her to jump if he responded differently and here he is in exactly the same situation again right he's choking her i love pulo's voice being the one to like pull him off again yeah. like pulo just Being constantly there, it's really ironic when you go back to the beginning that Pulo is almost the angel on Verena's shoulder, like constantly, like brother, brother, don't sway yourself to Hades, don't choke your daughter together.
0: The things you need to be reminded of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait, what did you say? The things you need to be reminded of. Yeah,
4: exactly. You know, Uh like Pulo's really good at that. But so, you know, we end with like Verena's basically going to Mark Anthony and being like, please take me with you to egypt i can't stay here anymore yeah. and the thing that like it's similar to brutus even grace where he he says like tell them i tried just tell them i tried yeah. it's so sad man i feel I so think. sad for lucius farina's coming out of this which i probably shouldn't given like the violence he inflicted on his poor manipulated daughter you
0: know i mean i mean yeah i mean his response is not great it also it's uh, you know it is such a tough spot to be in in terms of like he knows what the truth is and like off like you know he was upset when when he finds out and i don't know what he would have done but like this idea that she's like she never loved you which is like very much not true right like yes um it's i can only imagine what it's like and, and again i'm not like condoning his behavior to his daughter but at the same time i can only imagine what it's like, like it's very interesting when you grow up and you start to have conversations with your parents, and you're like, oh, that perception I had about you was way wrong. You know, like I thought you were this way, and actually you were like it was this. This was the reason, you know, you did. And for me, that's not like evil, you know, bad things. It's just like, oh, I completely miss I misread that situation as a child. Cause how would I know any different, right? This is like yep. we talked about this a lot on our dark rewatch podcast with with Ariel of like, you never know your parents, you never really know them. Yep because they're fully grown adults and you're not and you only have some context and they hide things and keep things from you or tell things to you know parents lie a lot to their kids and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean that's <gasps> like yeah i mean uh that that's uh, almost like a somewhat necessary thing that you sometimes have to do with your children. it is oh. the
4: necessary fictions that we yeah, tell our children right i think it's really really pointed um it, it, just because in the sense especially if you look at like what we know about these characters like verena the elder didn't know this man until she was like 10 years old right, right. he came back and she's like a 10 year old kid who's really scary yeah. uh this guy as he like comes back into our life and hangs his sword from the ceiling and he's yelling at the wife and she's got to pretend that her little brother is her son like this girl has not had it easy at all right Uh, she's like operating under this perpetual fear from both parents I think it's like noteworthy that like Niobe is like giving her this lie that she now has to sell to her terrifying soldier father and if she like fails at selling that lie there's going to be implications from him and from her that's like a really that's a lot of trauma to put on a 10 year old (laughs) it's It's a lot it's a lot so i do like think it's it's really interesting and it's such a cutting moment because we don't we know it's not true but we understand why she would think it is and how is he ever going to be able to convince her otherwise like it's this necessary fiction i think in an interesting way of like he almost doesn't have a right to be like she killed herself like he needs to just bear this to a degree there's no way to get out from around it I don't know it, it's pretty great I love where we end up just with him going back to Anthony of like I can't be here anymore please and the way that Anthony responds the way Anthony always responds Grace of like getting super pissed off be like, all right Lucius Veritas all
0: right I could use some good man. come yeah. with me we'll, we'll go to Egypt you know? Veritas is like you can trust And he's like no no I trusted you you know Um, I I do i do like it in the sense that i assume that at least for you know maybe an episode an episode and a half whatever that to get sort of like the common man in egypt is pretty fun like it's i think it's a yep. pretty smart way to get like Verenus in egypt and pulo is still in rome yes. uh, as there's like two things happening there because that's certainly one of the things i think that happens with the um the, the, I really like the episode the last time we're in Egypt we're in Alexandria where Julius Caesar is there but yeah we like don't get any of like the common man East sort of stuff as much as Verness and Pulo can be common men at this point they're like best friends with Antony and Octavian but yeah, alas yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I think it's smart to separate them a bit before presumably we get some resolution to the ending between our buddy cop dynamic All right let's yeah you talked a little bit about Octavian and his you know his speech that he gives. Fertility and sanctity and marriage. He's going to pass these laws that will, you know, basically reward it. Um, it's pretty interesting to start us that he's basically going to like tear down these, you know, the marriage that is, you know, he believes condemned by basically two affairs: Octavia sleeping with Agrippa, uh, Agrippa, sorry, and Mark Antony still sleeping with Atia
4: yeah uh, Octavian does not love this and he's gonna like house arrest the women which again feels bad uh, but I love Antony like coming to Atia's house and like screaming for her to come outside and kind of challenging the centurions. Oh,
0: this man was so perfectly cast this man with like the man who stops Mark Antony from the going centurion, in yeah, the yeah, centurion, yeah, yeah, he's amazing he looks so much like a Roman soldier. <laughs> It's
4: amazing. I, I love it. Yeah. I love their ridiculous helmets. It's yeah. just so they're just so That guy has the, the helmet
0: top. and he has the double like bald chin and he's just like he's humongous and he looks like yeah a dude that even Mark Anthony can't get past. I loved it.
4: It's true. Yeah. But Mark Anthony does mean mug him down and is like, don't make me he rise to violence. You know, he does. this final parting between them. It's such an interesting relationship. The anti Anthony, like at relationship, because I think like in a lot of ways, he does clearly love her. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he cares about her a great deal. He's just going to do what he's going to do. You know, he's not like restrained by modern sensibility and convention. Um, the parting between them, like, did you feel bad about this? Is this more of civilian curse working?
0: Um, uh, I don't know if it's Servilius. Cur- I mean, uh, to me, I, what I think is like interesting is like, this is not great behavior from Octavian, but it is the behavior of a man who will be, you know, the dictator of Rome. Yes, you know, it's, it uh, it, yes. it's, he maneuvers through this like very well, even the way like Messina is the one who reveals it all. Right. And he's going to say like, yeah, I had to do what I had to do to Actia. And you know that is what it is. But even Agrippa is the one who's like, yeah, I won't lie. Like he knows at Octavia being like, thank you, sir, for being an honorable man I can trust or whatever. it is he's like, yeah, I've been sleeping with your sister. It's like, you know. But the way that he maneuvers himself into the best situation where he's going to exile Mark Antony away from Rome is very smart. I mean, why would he? You know, last episode they're like, yep, we'll we'll split everything. He's like, yeah, you get the good stuff, and he's like, well, we'll split all, all the revenue, and then he's like, dude. The bribe, you got a bribe. You weren't going to split it with us until like we found out about it. So I do think like, yeah, this is very smart. This is like, this is Octavian's most Julius Caesar like moment, right? In terms of yes, like Caesar was a great general and he's able to like be Pompey in the battlefield, but he also was like such a shrewd manipulator until it like came back to to backfire. But it feels like even Octavian has potentially learned um, from his from his mistakes. So I like it from 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 that sense of like it shows us how capable um augustus is
4: what i guess i like about it is the other half of it to be honest with you i like that we have tracked this kid from when he's a young boy and this child grew up in his house like Listening to his mom having sex all the time Grace.
0: Yes, yes.
4: <laughs> Again like I talk about the trauma that gets heaped up For Rita the younger or the elder Like this is not great Octavian came out of this house like pretty broken And dysfunctional notably uh, Like he ends up in a bit of like a marriage Match of his own here right Yeah um, yeah, and, Libya. And, yeah and like mm. It's very dark Grace As he's gonna like express oh, his yeah. needs Of like so listen Sometimes I'm gonna beat you and sometimes I'll beat you with the whip and like, I just need you to know it's not your fault. I just, I'm sick and I like this. You know? Yeah. I'm it's not mad true. at you. I just oh need to Oh my God, do it. dude.
0: Yeah. That's um, pretty, that's pretty not great yeah he's like moving
4: away from his incest thing which is maybe That's, okay yeah and this is like again we're not here for any kind of king shaming right like yeah. uh no problem go enjoy your bdsm
0: stuff but, but the person has to be consenting to it right yeah. Yeah.
4: right and the way that he's engaging with this i think it's articulating a part of him that likes to wield power that likes to right. feel in control that likes to have power because we can reflect back on his childhood where he's completely like handled by his mother of like now it's time you're going to go lose your virginity uh somebody so he should go kill a man now we're going to teach you how to use a sword like all he wanted to do was sit around and write poetry grace if they would have let this kid be a poet like history would be very different story right so i Mm -hmm. think that it's a really interesting dynamic to track the humanity of this person that leads them to this point of like sure political maneuvering but there's also something really small and petty this is a little boy who's like no i'm done with you like a uh, manhandling my mother I'm done with you like being in my life in this way I'm done with being like inundated by all of this like lascivious impropriety all around me I now have power I have control and I will like wield it to like recreate Rome the way that I want it to be this propriety this like morality will like stand as a virtue again and like you all are going to uh, obey the marriages that I have forced you into so You women are not allowed to leave the house anymore. And you, buddy, you're going to Egypt. You know, there's something very petulant. It's, it's like really back to like episode one Octavian for me of like, do you know who I am? You know, (laughs) like, and, and I think that there's, it's really compelling to me in that way, in the same way that like we're, I'm so you know some of my favorite stuff about this show has been like the humanity of Varenus of pulo these guys like struggling with like the dark and the light and in, inside of them and how they reconcile all that in a society that is like really got some distorted values you know so i i love octavian like just being a little bit petty here also you know
0: it's pretty interesting the Livia thing this is that in real life this is his third wife he yes. marries interestingly yes. fulvia uh Again, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. Who is actually, mm, um, no, Fa- Sorry, he marries Claudia, who is the daughter of Fulvia, who is Mark Antony's. So the uh, uh, so the idea that he, you know, this idea that he, last episode we're talking about like him making Mark Antony and Octavia marry, so that he's much more in the like brother-in-law thing. Um, actually, his like, uh, his first marriage is to Mark Antony's daughter, who is like non-existent in this show. Yeah, um,
4: there's a lot of marriages that don't get clocked i think mark anthony gets married like a bunch of times grace
0: well Um, i think they all get married a bunch of times like i think uh um i mean uh, you know octavian gets married three times i believe he is married five times mark anthony um yeah so there
4: was a whole like question too of like octavian marries what's her name livia livia Um, Mm -hmm. And they don't have any children together. These two. I guess I shouldn't be talking about like that deep Roman history, but there's like a lot of like speculation historically as to whether or not he had an intimate relationship with Agrippa, and like that was actually his true love. Like mm. I know um, in like Shakespeare Caesar, there's there's a bunch that they like go into about the story, and Livia is like characterized it in a pretty interesting way. Uh, so we'll see what happens in these next couple of episodes. But like this is a pretty important wife to Octavian Julius right. Caesar.
0: So, yeah, I the scene where he's going to exile um, him, I think, is is pretty good. He's going to exile Mark Antony. That's going to lead Mark Antony to, in fact, head to Egypt, head to Alexandria, where he is going to stumble upon Cleopatra as a, a young man sits on the, the throne, seemingly.
4: Who's that? Who's that little man there? That's Pulo Jr. Uh, <laughs> that's Titus Caesarian yeah. oh. Um, I got to say, I, like I was not. This is one of these things that's like so tough of like the most beautiful woman in the world. Like whatever, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. People are going to like see things differently. But if somebody that imbibes a lot of fantasy fiction, this is like a really beat to death kind of trope. And there's always conflict about it. But uh, I was not as smitten with Cleopatra in season one, when we like walk back into this palace, I'm right there with Mark Anthony, man. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. Uh, Mark Anthony, like immediately like clocking this woman on a different level, even than yeah. he did the last time they met. Here well, he go. was
0: with her moment. last time. So for sure, he for gets sure. slapped as a result of it. Yeah. Uh,
4: this is like, you know, Cupid gets him right in the heart on this one, I think, but you can feel the energy. I think there's like good chemistry between them in this final, like closing shot. As he arrives in Egypt. Um, and I'm excited to see where we go from here, you know.
0: Yes. All right, let's put some people in the arena. You 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 had first dibs last time. You can, if you would like, reclaim your opening sample. I I uh you allowed me to graciously put uh one Pasca in there. So if you'd like to go first this time, you're more than
4: welcome. I guess if that's okay, if that's not gonna jam up our process. I think like this is a really tough episode for a lot of people, Grace. <laughs> Probably I gotta give it to Octavian. Yeah you know he does like maneuver his way through this thing again he's got like this mandate about like propriety and morals and the women of rope uh yeah i don't know A, a lot of people lose pretty badly in this one you know
0: well let me put someone on the board who we can just have die and then has a losing record in the let's just put gaia in so that octavian can kill gaia (laughs) is
4: that, <laughs> yeah? yeah is that fair that's totally fair um yeah i don't even think there's a contest here i mean like gaia wins out in the sense that like she does kill a renee she's like
0: hanging out with pulo by the she's, end of this thing yeah killing killing the in the gang wars she's you know for all intents and purposes she does win i don't like it i just but i you know i want her to die in the arena here so i'm gonna put her in against Octavian.
4: Yeah. yeah i mean Octavian only a middling swordsman perhaps but um i think it's like still gonna be enough to like handle himself in this battle uh i think that like Octavian comes out with like the big win he's got his giant problem out of his life uh he's got like pasca kind of like working for his agenda now through mancy yeah. uh yeah i don't know it seems right. like a no contest
0: i think so and again neither of them are great this is the one where you like you feel bad it's like he yeah. tells his wife like i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you up and uh yeah Yeah. Don't take it personally. (laughs) It's like pretty hard not to, man. Um, All right. Do you have a scene you want to highlight? Again, we are so dark at the end of this, of this show. I don't know that there's like, for me, it's just going to be tough, but do you have one in particular you want to highlight? um there are uh
4: there are a couple of different scenes i i, I probably gotta go back to like pasca giving mancina mm-hmm. shit for like you, why did you bring this absolutely flamboyant palanquin down here in week? this is my third best palanquin Pal- <laughs> <for me. laughs> you know and then jocasta just coming in to be like what is with this like really flamboyant palanquin um i i think that that's probably what it is you know
0: I'll, I'll highlight that uh, mob boss Memeo. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, can't say whether or not I took the gold. I don't know. You know, it's pretty silly, pretty ridiculous. Uh, mob boss, Memeo. Uh, fair. And then he's going to die. He's going to die in pretty great fashion. So,
4: meme dies uh, in a great way. Yeah. I love the idea that, like, his tongue gets ripped out at the end. Here. Oh, yeah.
0: So, I forgot. And- Pula, like, bites
4: his tongue out of his mouth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that, like, the commentary here, there's a little bit of, like, these people all telling the necessary fiction. Right. And, like, he will tell no more fictions, Grace. Yeah. We bite his tongue right out of his mouth. He's not going to say yeah. a heck of a lot <laughs> more after yeah. this. Also, like, we're maybe, like, the small stinger here that, like, Timon and his family are going to leave. They're going to Jerusalem. They're out, man. They're, they're gone. They're, like, will no. Levi
0: be? Levi will be there?
4: Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know.
0: I don't know, kids. I don't know. <laughs> All right. That is episode eight, Necessary Fiction. Two more episodes to go. Rich, they're both titles in Latin, so forgive me. Um, I believe the translation on the next episode is No God Can Stop a Hungry Man. The
4: title. Uh, yeah. Should I try it? What is it? It's uh, Deuce Empedito Esturio Nullis. Good. It's pretty good. Pretty. Yeah, that's definitely wrong, but it's fun to try to say. That's um, okay. Tomorrow's the yeah, penultimate episode. Of i'm the excited fall of rome. i'm sad that that the fall of rome is has come finally mm-hmm. everything's gonna fall but uh i'm glad that we we did it
0: yeah we'll see i mean is it the end is it the end who knows we'll see who knows maybe who we'll knows? have more yeah who knows? all right we'll be back tomorrow until then rich where can people find you uh i'm at dm philly on all the
4: places i'm over on twitter my dms are open hit me up on twitch on youtube you can catch some vods of me playing role-playing games with grace
0: Yes, I am on Twitter at High From Grace and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the penultimate episode of Rome as we talk about Rome every single day.